This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are my interviews with the director and writer for The Iron Claw, Sean Durkin, and two of the film's stars, Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Harry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. <laughs> I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the iron claw to you. So what do you think? Like we're alive. I love your family, Kevin. All right, everyone. I'm being joined right now here by the director of The Iron Claw, Sean Durkin. Sean, uh, first of all, uh, congratulations on the response to the film. I saw it at its world premiere down in the heart of Texas, uh, where you and I chatted ever so briefly afterwards about it. But, man, I, I can't tell you, just as a lifelong wrestling fan, thank you so much for telling the story and telling it right, most importantly. Thank you. That means a lot. Absolutely. So can you tell me first about like just your background with the world of wrestling and how you came to this project ultimately? Because it's something that I, I, I know has always been a part of wrestling lore uh, for decades. But at the same time, you know, casuals or those that aren't in the wrestling world uh, may not be so familiar with it. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, I was just obsessed with wrestling as a kid, you know, just super fan. It was late eighties, early nineties. And I was living in England and who was your guy? Like my, my all time guy, like Bret Hart. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love <laughs> you know, hey, like, the excellence of execution, man. Yeah. Like, and, and also I was at the point where like, you know, heart foundation, my favorite tag team. And then he, you know, he rose up on his own after that. And so like, that was my, you know, the sort of formative years. So but uh yeah so so i was super into it you know and 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 it wasn't like in england it, it was like growing but it wasn't huge you know so i really had to seek it out so 
you know, there was a bit of, you know, WWF on TV, WCW on TV, you know, I'd get my parents like to take me to any live events passing through. But beyond that, I was also just like digging for old stuff, like Pro Wrestling Illustrated ma magazines, like uh, old VHS tapes I could find and um, came came across. I, I, I think I got a tape with like Parade of Champions on it. Um, and then like also some sort of best of NWA tape that had like the guys wrestling at the sportatorium you know and i just remember seeing the sportatorium for the first time and it just like didn't look like anything else it just had this uh just like grit and like almost like reality to it that just nothing else had and i was just so drawn to it and drawn to them as a team and um and then and at the same time like carrie was in wwf so i'd seen him a few times and just really like loved that family and i i remember the day that that carrie that i read about carrie dying mm -hmm. i read it you know in the magazine and 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 was sort of aware that, that other brothers had died and and i think it just taunted me and 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 i and you know they sort of stayed with me in in a lot of ways my whole life and then when i was uh you know became a filmmaker and just sort of thinking about what to make it just kind of popped back into my head one day and yeah. uh, just wanted to explore the story um you know of i'm really interested in families and family dynamics you know and the drama of that and the and and questioning sort of why we believe what we believe in a family and how you know you can live in a family and have uh you know think it's really normal whatever those beliefs are but you get out into the world and realize oh not everyone you know not every family is the same and so yeah just just they were an incredibly rich place to to sort of dig into that kevin of course has given you his blessing to tell this story when i saw him he seemed to be very very proud of the finished product um can you tell me about his level of involvement i i, I didn't see that he was listed as a producer or anything like that but can you just tell me about what you gained from him in the course of uh making this film yeah well i made the decision early on when i was writing to um to to not reach out to him mm, okay i had uh you know I, I started with research and you know i knew a bit but dug into like all the details and it's just such an epic story and and i knew that i had sort of years of difficult decisions to make to to get it into the shape of of a film because you can't tell that story in a film I mean, you can't tell that story fully in loads of films you know so right and, and i wanted to keep some distance you know as a writer um and and i think the thing that allowed me to be able to do that and still tap into the sort of honest truth of the the, the family in the film was that there's so much footage so many interviews with kevin speaking honestly he is so eloquent and, um, you know, so honest about his ups and downs. And um, and so I think I, there was just so much access to him out there um, that it, that it gave me, you know, I was sort of lucky to, to have all that to 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 incorporate and get a sense of him so that I could form the film. And then once once I knew what film I was going to make, then I reached mm -hmm. out to and we started to talk. That's great. Yeah. And so. You bring this cast together. Cast is wonderful throughout. I mean, these main actors, especially, uh, they really, really threw down for you and went through some really physical, grueling training to the point that when I watched them in this movie, I'm like, holy crap, they could perform in front of a live audience without the ability to say action and cut. Like, they, they could do it at this point. So, can you tell me, just give us like a little bit of a snapshot of the preparation that went into their performances because 
it, it's just so authentic. And I was completely blown away by how the commitment from all of them. Yeah, thanks. Um, so it started, uh, you know, the, their sort of physical transformations. That was all like each of them had their own path for that, their own trainer. That was something I sort of stayed out of. I wanted them to find their own way in and use that for themselves. Um, but the wrestling, you know, brought on Chavo Guerrero and, um, you know, we said like, we're going to set the bar high and, you know, find, you know, get these guys to their best possible level. And we got really lucky that they were naturals. Right. So that's, that's just part of it. And, you know, some of those casting, knowing like Zach and Jeremy in particular, both have dance backgrounds and, and like getting that footwork, right. And that, you know, that working with a partner in the ring, like it's, there's some real crossover there and and that was really useful. Um, but, but essentially just like their desire, you know, Chavo setting the bar really high and us all working together. Um, and, and, and me saying to them, like, you know, when I run a scene, whether it's wrestling or any scene, we run it from top to bottom so that the actors can hit their flow. They can, um, you know, they, they can be in it and they can be in it together and they can be present. And I just try to get like, I think that's the best way to get to a truth of a scene is like, let the actors be and don't get too technical. And so I, I wanted to approach wrestling the same way. It's like wrestle the match, feel those feelings like because uh, so much of it is about the emotional side of it and like what Kevin's going through. And I felt like they had to wrestle the full matches. And so for the most part, they're doing their own stunts and wrestling oh. matches and and also just the, the live audience of it. You know, it's like within the first day, we realized the live audience that we had, the, the background were so good and so engaged that they were just giving this extra boost of energy to the guys in the ring. And you don't shy away from the fact that it's a predetermined sport. You don't shy away from the fact that they're playing to the audience. It's not so much about wins and losses. And I think that that frees you then to really, like you said, hone in on the characters and the emotions of what they're going through while they're trying to compete in these matches. Because they're not just competing for a chance to win over the crowd or win over the title. They're also competing for their father's affection, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a complicated thing. And I and I feel so yeah, I just feel so like passionate about like expressing that for them and like how it doesn't it doesn't it, it, the the comparison I make to people who aren't into wrestling is like, you know, you can go see a band and a band can have a great song, you know, they can be technical musicians, they can be all that. But the thing that separates a like a great band, like a good band from a great band is their connection to the audience. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of the same with wrestling, right? It's like you can go and have a match and it can all be predetermined and everything can be good. But there's that other thing that happens with the connection to the audience, with the performance that you can't always put into words. And that is what makes a great wrestler. And, And so I really wanted that to be a part of the journey. But yeah, to be to be layered in with sort of appealing for father's affection and uh yeah is is that extra complicated uh family level that i'm so interested in yeah definitely other than kevin himself uh is there someone that you had like a pinch me oh my god i must be dreaming moment uh from their reaction to the film um no, not 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 so much. I mean, it's just it's all been very warm. I mean, you know, MJF has been involved throughout. Yeah. Having him on board and like, you know, having his opinion and his reaction too, and uh, and then also, you know, like people who were there, you know, like the like one of the referees in the movie, James Beard, he was a real WCCW referee, you know. Yeah. 
he was there and so so it's also those kind kinds of moments of like people seeing it and saying you know that was that was it that's how it felt it was was really important great no absolutely can you tell me also too how you recreated the old logos and just visual aesthetic of those wrestling shows because i thought that was such an immersive way to get thrown into the era and also too just feeling like we were watching it though as if it was unfolding for the first time right in front of our eyes uh yeah i mean we just wanted to have like the, you know the movie is obviously dealing with the highs and the lows and there's a lot of tragedy but there's also a lot of celebration and we just wanted to to to, to always you know walk that line and just bring the fun of wrestling and just the like unexpected turns of how you can have like true deep emotional stuff happening but then it's also like you know the 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 graphics and the and the matches and just wanted to like get in that that headspace of what it was like to be there what it was like to watch it on tv you know um and the personalities of of both mm-hmm. some of the icons of the time and uh you know all mixed with this sort of grounded human emotion of 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 what you know, Kevin and the guys were going through. Absolutely. And I haven't heard this uh, commented on, so I apologize if you've uh, touched upon it before, but um, I I did notice when I saw the film, uh, the omission of uh, Chris from the story. And I just wanted to know, could you just tell me like what went into the storytelling decision uh, behind that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was, you know, it was probably the hardest decision I've ever made as a writer. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris was, you know, I wrote the script for seven years and Chris was in it for a long time. And, yeah. um, you know, as you're making the film and just trying to focus it and get it made and and trying to put it into, you know, a, a, a length that works as a movie, you have to make, you know, as what I was alluding to before, you have to make really difficult decisions, um, you know, and, and, and basically what happened was... Uh, you know, Mike, as depicted in the film, was sort of a combination of Mike and Chris in a lot of ways. Sure. Uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. So, so, so that was a part of it. And, and, you know, it was, it was really difficult when, you know, on a human level, like I love this family and I, I love the story and I want to tell it. But then on a, on a functional filmmaking level and separate mm-hmm. script, it's like there's a repetition and it's like, can the movie really withstand? another death and and so things and things like that so so it was really difficult decision but we really felt it was the best uh the best decision for the storytelling for the film um you know and there and there's there's other things too really difficult decisions too like you know to not depict carrie's family to yeah you know david had a daughter that died at a year old i mean there there's so much there that were you know all of those decisions were really difficult and it was just sort of what's too much to make a film yeah to make the film work and and but where can we still be truthful to the whole um of the experience um so that it's still respectful uh and truthful without uh sort of tipping into too much hey there i'm hannah and i'm audrey we are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we 
even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. I, I, I definitely agree with that because I, I can get a sense, and I remember prior to watching the film thinking, oh my God, like this is going to be like the most depressing movie of the year, I you know. And so when I watched it, I, I was very impressed by the balance that you were able to strike and leave it off on a note that actually was inspiring and uplifting, uh, seeing Kevin's perseverance through this. I, I think that's the main takeaway that people walk out of this movie feeling at the end. So I, I commend you for that. And also, I'm sure you must be proud to hear such responses from people. Absolutely. And and in a way, you know, Kevin was the shining light that sort of pulls through. Like I said, you know, you start with this epic story that's too big to tell in a film. It's like, and and I just sort of follow Kevin and his survival and his energy and his outlook and his sort of rebirth and 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 starting his own family and and how together they are. And 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 it's such a beautiful story. And that became the focus. And so the film became everything about like how to support that as being the, the core story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we wrap up here at the end, I always <laughs> I always need to ask what people have coming up next, even though I know that you just completed uh, this film. You know, I remember specifically Marfa Marcy May Marlene and The Nest, a huge gap of nine years in between. This one, not so much, only three years at this point. Are we looking at another long gap for you, or is the next one currently underway? It's not underway, but <laughs> uh, hopefully, no, hopefully no more gaps. Okay, okay. Because, hey, I think you're three for three. I have loved each one of your films in different ways. I think you convey very human stories that are extremely relatable and are not afraid to go to some very dark places in doing so. And um, I just hope you continue down that path, man. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Sean, thank you so much for the time today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. No way, Uncle. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. I talked to you about something. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brothers are for. Feel that? Ah. You feel that? Ah. That's pressure. You're pushing too hard. I'm fine, Kev. Seriously, I'm just sick. I'm scared, man. It all matter control. I need to think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal or we are through. I told you to look out for him! I just love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The Bonner will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling. Jeremy Harris, uh, thank you both so much for joining me to talk about the film The Iron Claw. Um, I was so thoroughly impressed with the uh, end result, I'll say, of what you guys uh, did to prepare for these two roles here playing the Von Erich brothers, or two of the Von Erich brothers, I, I will say. Tell me first and foremost, what was the number one thing when it came to the art of professional wrestling that surprised you the most in this preparation? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about wrestling and then when they actually step foot into that squared circle it's like oh no this this really hurts <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you want to go ahead man you take it yeah i was just gonna say like I, I loved wrestling growing up and i always thought that i always knew that there was like a performative 
sort of theatrical element to it, but I, I didn't quite realize how physically demanding and like high impact it was. Like as soon as we met, like I remember Jeremy and I um, rehearsed or, or learned together for the first time out in out of out just outside of LA, and and Shavo basically explained to us how most of it and most of the act of it was was doing it for each other so like he he said to me grab my wrist and he did like three backflips in a row do you remember that Jeremy he was just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> threw himself onto the floor and just like slammed himself down like three times in a row and made it look like I was the one doing it and there was so much of that I didn't quite realize <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh he was showing off wasn't he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah I think I like my introduction to professional wrestling was kind of through like this process. I, I really didn't know very much about it. I, I had friends that were into it when I was younger, but I felt like I was always like had the very like peripheral understanding of it. And, and it was kind of the, yeah, like, I guess for me, I was like, I knew what wrestlers looked like and I knew they were doing flips and stuff like that. So I, I knew about sort of like, I guess I assumed about the physical aspect or the athleticism of it. But for me, yeah, I didn't understand just how, I guess, like performative or, or theatrical it could be, you know, um, I think how important sort of like um, storytelling is and drama and like how many, how much time is invested in like building up these, these rivalries um, and how important it is to like connect directly with the audience and stuff like that. I, I think I, I thought of it more as just like, I don't know, like a traditional combat sport or something like that um so for me it, it was really eye-opening um as chavo explained like uh, the importance of the time in between the moves and the importance of of really like connecting uh, i think with the audience and stuff like that so in its own way it's almost like you guys are a part of um a theatrical action film at times doing your own stunts really is you know what it boils down to was there any wrestling move at all where it was like, I need somebody else to stand in for this? Or did you guys do everything? Uh, pretty sure you did everything, Jeremy. I, I think there was a few I, I didn't do because I'm a wuss and I, I had a broken <laughs> toe and I, I didn't want to break another one. But um, there was a few the the, the 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 sort of wrestling doubles um, um, we had an amazing stunt team and there's an amazing wrestling team that sort of made us look amazing but they um there was one that was like really high and it was like an elbow slam and i feel like there was just more like it was it just looked way more impressive if they did it like an acrobatic on some acrobatic stuff mm -hmm. but there was one that jeremy did that i didn't like the fact that he did and it it sort of scared me that he did it where he had to like go between someone's legs and his head and neck was so close to the ground as he did like a front flip. Yep. Somersault. Um, yes. it, the somersault one. And I just remember being like, why? No, this is not good that you've done that. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I, I do feel like maybe that would have been one. Uh, it's weird. As, as that move was being explained to me, I was like, that sounds straightforward enough. And I think I can do that and it'll be fine. I'm in good hands. Like all those guys we were wrestling with the Freebirds and stuff, they're professional wrestlers. And, so I was like, it'll be fine. We're, we're going to be fine. But I remember I watched playback on that same move. And yeah, I, I didn't, you, you you don't feel how close your head is to hitting the the, the mat. Um, but watching playback, I realized I was, yeah, maybe a couple inches away from having my neck kind of like 
snapped back on that one. Yeah. I was talking with Sean and he said that he had you guys do these matches, not okay, uh, take, we got the shot. All right, reset. Like he had you guys play this in full essentially. So you guys were doing, uh, however many long minute matches, basically, uh, those, if it was the real thing, am, am I right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we, we did, we did a lot, like even outside of the ring, I think in the film, there was like a lot of these sort of like single take kind of like tracking shots, um, mm-hmm. that our DP Matthias and Sean put together and, and um but yeah in 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 the ring uh especially i think we we would do a a couple different setups um but we would always try to get sort of like the entirety of the of the wrestling match um and the choreography in its entirety for each setup so so we would end up sort of like completing these matches i don't know maybe like a a dozen a dozen times or something like that within a day with the camera kind of moving about and doing multiple takes and stuff like that yeah would you say that was like probably the most physically grueling uh element of acting that you've ever been a part of (laughs) i think for me yeah 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 Yeah, for sure sure. yeah for sure yeah also i found you find that you, you you forget on film that the first few takes are often the takes where everyone's where everyone's figuring it out the crew figuring it out folks figuring it out cameras getting the sort of movements and then you're like okay that was really are just like warm-ups for the yeah the real thing it's, it's tough. uh so ever since you guys have completed uh this film i know it's been well received by the actual wrestling community you guys have a lot of input also from like you said working with chavo and such has anyone uh other than like say chavo but has anyone from the outside uh reached out to you to offer any uh, signs of respect or has anyone given you guys praise that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool that this person saw it and thought it was good? I think from the wrestling world, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are a couple of guys. There were a couple of guys at, at the at our screening in L.A. that um, John Cena was with there, us. Right? John Cena oh, was, John there. was there. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Does John Cena like it? I, I don't. I. I I don't I know would imagine he, he had to have liked it. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was being so nice before the screening. I'm sure he liked it. Let's just say he loved it. You didn't. I didn't see him afterwards. I don't think he like oh, ran off or anything. You couldn't see him, Jeremy. I couldn't see him. Hey. I see him. <laughs> um, but um, but yes, he was there. He was very excited to see to see the film, and I know that Von Erichs meant a lot to him. Yes, I mean, so many wrestlers uh, uh, today. Uh, it seems that the Von Eriks, you know, it, it's really interesting. Like my introduction to professional wrestling was kind of through the Von Eriks. So, so I, you know, I learned a lot about them, but it's only now that it's like really becoming clear just how important they are to like all, all modern day kind of wrestlers. It, it seems that they were, um, they kind of inspired this whole, the whole class of, of today as well. Well, I think the fact that the story is one that presents these really crushing lows and how you can overcome them, not just in the sport of wrestling, but just in life in general. I think it's a great message that it sends to the wrestling community and to hopefully audiences who seek this film out when it comes to theaters of its opening weekend. Jeremy and Harris, uh, last question before we go. What is the number one thing that you're most proud of walking away from the Iron Claw? Um, I think I'm 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 proud of kind of like the um I think what what was like really so important in the film and and you know they didn't talk to to Kevin 
um, very much. I mean, Sean got his like blessing and stuff before we started filming, but they, they didn't they didn't speak a whole lot. But I remember it was really important to Kevin for it to be clear in the film, just like how much um, how much love and respect there was between the brothers and, and how important that bond was. And and I think, you know, we we were able to find find that. And and being able to spend time with Kevin now that he's seen the film, and being able to spend time with 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 Carrie's daughters um, after they've seen the film, um, and having them really like get in front of the film, I think that 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 was really big for me. I I had never played a real person before, and and I I was really like cautious and and honestly a bit worried about taking this on because of that reason. You just you know you you want to tell the story correctly and and um and do justice um and so yeah i think i think having having all of them enjoy the film and that was a big sort of uh, accomplishment i think for myself but for for all of us and sean you know yeah harris same thing same thing (laughs) (laughs) all right gentlemen thank you so much for your time here really really appreciate like i said all the hard work you guys put into this it shows up there on the screen and um i like respect. I mean, you, I mean, you guys already have my respect, Harris. I told you so many great roles you've been in. Jeremy, I freaking love the Bear Man. Amazing oh, thanks, show. man. And you guys are just continuing to just crush it. I think this is going to just be another of many wonderful opportunities that you guys have in your young and hopefully continuing prosperous career. So thank you both so so much. Thank you so much, thanks, man. man. Appreciate it. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interviews with the director and writer for The Iron Claw, Sean Durkin, and two of the film's stars, Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson, here on The Next Best Picture Podcast. The Iron Claw is now currently playing in theaters from A24 and is up for your consideration in all eligible categories at this year's Academy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. 
Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.